War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 439-6028 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service YankeeTreeService.com What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming Experts based right in Lincoln Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today 439-6028 439-6028 Whether it's tree removal stump grinding, tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com you're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Today is Thursday. This portion of the program on this Thursday as we are uh, June 23rd. And it's brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, 3688 Quaker Lane, North Kingstown. Folks, also the weather just continues to be very delightful as far as planting, anything like that. Stop in and see them. Steve and Debbie Jr. and Byron hanging pots 10 inch 12 inch moss baskets uh annuals perennials trees and shrubs they're a full scale nursery the rhode island's number one garden center and whether it's screen screen loom excuse me tropical mandevillas hibiscus plants uh vegetable plants and herbs large selection beautiful patio pots it's pr landscape materials and garden center stop it and see them they're open seven days a week shop local 3688 quaker lane in north kingstown well folks i um we can't hide it this is a difficult day um not only did they vote to approve i i listen this whole business of they're just trying to you know thread the needle split the bait whatever you want to call it this whole business of well it's driving privileges it's not a license it, it, just stop with that foolishness basically granted illegals a driver's license stop with this foolishness of trying to convince us that it's really just privileges or whatever and what is very disturbing and i hope we're going to get a chance to talk to him and that is that um house minority leader blake Filippi uh went along and voted in favor of this and now it's going to hit governor mckee's desk and um i've known leader Filippi for quite some time i've been a fan of his um I was at different times. I, you know, I consider him a friend. And so I'd like to talk to him first before I talk about him. But some of his comments are frankly pretty disturbing. Now, first of all, it it was defeated 54 to 15 in the House. And, you know, now Governor McKee, who will sign anything and give money away on anything, just an attempt to get elected. Um, but his comments in the Boston Globe, so it was de- defeated 54 to, to 15. Now, you, you could easily make the argument that, okay, what's one vote? So it would have been 53 to 16. Folks, number one, the House is broken. But I am telling you, the place where Republicans need to put an effort and gain ground is the state Senate. Because, you know, the House, that's a lot of numbers in ranks to try to overcome. Uh, but, but. it's easier to then block things in the senate and then you could really have some element of a voice in negotiation but what is concerning and and again i do want to talk with house minority leader blake Filippi, who you know some of his comments to the boston globe you know he's friends with undocumented residents i know these people they teach me spanish they teach me things how to build work with animals they're good people 
it's ridiculous people say they can't drive a car you know it's not just about the driving the car it's it is about driving the car but it's also about come on a license is a legal form of id a license opens opens the doors to a lot of things and folks here here's the element you know to just try to frame it let, let me be very clear w- with you about something they don't belong here they're not supposed to be here can we even say that anymore they're here illegally i never break it down to the people that then say what part of illegal don't you understand but they're not even supposed to be here people do you have any idea the expense of what they're costing the state where huge portions of them we you're paying by the way wherever you're listing right now the city of providence they get over 300 million state taxpayer money funneled into the providence school system in central falls do you know what that really is it's it's expensive daycare for illegal children that's what it is they're not supposed to be here period and now massachusetts you know governor baker governor charlie baker he vetoed it they overrid it now they're going to put it on the ballot how do you think this would fare if it was put onto the ballot so i i very strongly disagree with minority leader blake Filippi. this is a matter i have a question for you on this thursday and why why do you have to pay for them could you explain you know what you have to pay for them governor mckee cicilline the only they use them for votes and power they use them for votes and power because if it was up to the taxpayer residents of the state we would not elect these people in and governor mckee is most egregious he's really not even the governor i mean how many times do we have to say that he is fulfilling gina Raimondo's term he hasn't been elected to anything and i'm not convinced he's going to be elected to anything god forbid my god talk about just single-handedly trying to destroy the entire state but this argument of almost like well you know they're here so we might as well you know make them comfortable and the lieutenant governor saying they're rhode island no they're not rhode islanders they're not citizens they don't pay taxes put that off on someone else do they pay state taxes do they have to file income taxes no do they have to file federal taxes the answer is no so stop saying that they pay taxes they pay tax on things they buy something where there's a tax on it yes a gas tax they go to a movie they have to pay the tax at the movie theater they buy candy if they go to wherever target a providence place mall or dollar store they have to pay whatever the tax is on that that's not the same as you pay taxes you pay property taxes these people don't pay anything this is absolute insanity but i want you to understand i don't think people understand how much money this costs you know do the math in providence how many there's twenty five thousand students now if you just do the basic math and 40 percent of the population in providence are illegals you know you're, you're talking at least ten thousand students ten thousand students twenty thousand a year this is the, the entire element of central falls absolute insanity well they're already here it's just driving if i go to another country i should be able to drive we're not talking about visiting another country we're talking about giving them giving them a legal form of id folks i i i come to you on this thursday it it is it is just frightening how far the state is falling off we are so out of touch with the rest of the nation other states that are thriving they're not doing these things florida's not doing this south carolina's not doing it tennessee's not doing it we are becoming such an outlier and i also want to remind people massachusetts is about to revoke the driver's license for illegals what do you what effect do you think that's going to have yeah they're all going to live here and get licenses here they go where you know where business where they can be open for business this is all about political gamesmanship. Cicilline decided it a long time ago. You know, why should I take gruff from the family of four that lives, you know, in the Smith Hill, Mount Pleasant area of Providence, when instead I can just import some people, use their vote, and they're never going to complain about anything. And then it, it's unaccountable leadership. That's what we have in this state. If, everyone, if anyone wants to know right now, 
You don't want to, you want to know what's wrong with the state? It's unaccountable elected leaders, unaccountable leadership. They don't answer to the people. They only answer to the special interest. There's a great piece in the Wall Street Journal, the amount of money of the failed public school effort. And they figured out just in Philadelphia how much money, if you have a, a single mom, how much money it's going to cost to send her two children through the public school system, which is a failing public school system, by the way. And they suggest, why not take that amount? I think they, they figured out it's actually 250000 per child. So why not take that 500000 that it's going to cost to educate her two children and instead let her put the money wherever she wants instead of being forcing her to go to the failing public school system. But in Rhode Island, where the unions have the, the teachers' unions absolutely control smith hill control the politicians they control that's one of the reasons why the the democrat primary none of them can break out of the box because they they, their entire arguments are all carved around very narrow windows of who they can criticize and what they can change and do that's why you see like a helena folks she doesn't have any ideas because any idea she would actually have goes against the special interests that control the state house so it's it's a very narrow you know it's like someone trying to dance in a box it's very very narrow of what they can can do to try to gain traction that's why they can't gain traction that's why they all have the same they basically all have the same ideas the Demo talking about the democrat candidates for governor but folks this business of and, and mckee's gonna sign it mckee's gonna sign it the only thing we can hope for is this open the door for this Ashley Kalis, it's down to her, our final hope as far as governor. But Lita Filippi, very disappointing. I hope we're going to get a chance to talk to him. Folks, a lot more ahead on this Thursday. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair-pricing, exceptional service. Over 20 years' experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios and much more call them today for a free quote 401-732-1730 j perry paving they are tremendous they also how about this once a month they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran and remember whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed call j perry paving for a free quote it makes a huge difference in your property in your home in your driveway or patio 401-732-1730 j perry paving 401-732-1730 you can also find them on facebook they're terrific hey get that driveway paved call and book an appointment now 401-732-1730 for j perry paving folks you are listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website to petro.com it's time for our legal segment joining us right now one of Rhode Island's top attorneys he's our legal expert it is attorney tim dot and tim i'd like to uh, start off the latest now with the situation this ongoing missing persons case in warwick charlotte last uh just to recap folks she was last seen the warwick woman uh monday night may 16th she was apparently headed to a home she had been familiar with on Staples Avenue in Warwick. Uh, the police then that following Saturday basically set up a crime scene where they sat on the house for a month. Um, and then last Friday, they left. They had been there for a month, 24-7. They dug up the septic system. It remains a missing persons case. Right now, the owner of the home is is not back into the home. And I want to have a, a little bit of right now. She has not been found. This remains a missing person's case. Uh, the accused, well, not the accused. He's not the accused. Just the owner of the home, I should say, does have an attorney, which makes sense. But Tim Dodd, uh, for, for now, just where does this stand as far as the the police investigation they went out of their way to tell me that it it still remains a case of top priority to them well it, unfortunately um we are all left sort of in limbo 
we don't really yeah. know. I mean, what what are the various hypotheticals that could be the case? She could have come into a situation where there was some criminal conduct that was perpetrated against her. Let's hope not, but that's a possibility. Let's assume, um, again, these are all speculative situations. She could have taken her own life and they haven't found her yet. Arguably, that's as likely as anything else right now, um, except for the police presence. Um, She could have just said, I need a break and, you know, checked out of Rhode Island for a while, but it's hard to do that without leaving an electronic footprint, using your credit cards, being caught on surveillance videos. It's hard to disappear if that was her intent. Um, So we really don't know if we have a simple missing persons case. We don't know if this missing person is alive or dead. Um, And if it's dead, it could be from natural reasons or self-inflicted reasons. We really don't know if there's anything criminal that's happened. It would appear that the police have a good suspicion because, as you say, John, they've had a perimeter around um, the house on Staples Avenue. They've had 24-hour police presence. They don't do that for nothing. Um, The owner of that home if he is considered in any regard a person of interest, is smart to have lawyered up. And um, as we've discussed before, if the person had some involvement, he should say nothing if he's listening to a lawyer. And if he didn't have anything to do with this, I'm sure he'd be very cooperative because he'd want to make sure the cops find his friend. But we really don't know if the man is cooperating or not cooperating. We don't know if there are other suspects who are either cooperating or not cooperating. And when I say suspect, I mean person of interest. We're we're just really blindfolded. The cops are not sharing much. I think they are correct to do that, to keep their cards close to the vest, to not share too much information. If they expect that there's some foul play in this particular matter, um, they may well be waiting for whoever they suspect to have been engaged in some bad behavior to make a mistake. Sure. Um, and if that hasn't happened, then they still don't have anything to go on. So it's a patience game. It's a waiting game. And um, it's frustrating for those of us who have been following this case, but You just have to watch and wait and see what develops next. If a mistake is made, if a person turns up live, if a person shows up um, or is found to be uh, deceased, we we just don't know. Or if the the person is never found. And Tim Todd, if at some point this individual never shows up, but, and I'm going to go on a hypothetical, but the police for whatever, you know, they feel that they, do have enough evidence to bring some kind of charges against someone in the case. What would, would that be, you know, is this something that ends up in front of a grand jury or could they suddenly just one day issue an arrest warrant? They would likely be in front of a grand jury. And, okay. you know, typically if there's no body found, there would have to be other um, extrinsic evidence, you know, blood found, hair found, you know, um, weapon found, something found to tie a um, suspect or a charged defendant to the crime. Um, the old adage we've discussed it many times is, you know, prosecutors say there's a difference between what I know and what I can prove. Sure. So you might get to a point where you think we know that this particular person is involved in this incident, but proving it in front of a jury beyond a reasonable doubt, it's a totally different kettle of fish and mm. without a body. And if you have an individual, let's say, who is not talking, who is not doing anything that's ultimately going to blow up in their face because they're coming up with a story to try to appease the police, if a suspect, any suspect, sticks to their guns, doesn't say anything, doesn't cooperate, um, it can be very difficult for the cops to go oh. forward. Many, cops will tell you many times their cases are made because they bring in a witness. They've got different techniques. Sure. They play the good yep. cop, bad cop. They, they've got their whole book of tricks. And um, 
many times it's through that process that they get a confession, an admission, or some inconsistencies in a statement that leads them to dig down further and ultimately get the person. So if you've got a person who's going to really keep quiet um, and there's never a body found, um, it could be a very inconclusive situation for a long time, which may not result in any charges. Tim Dodd, a question I always get asked is, what, what are the circumstances of when a, something goes to a grand jury and does not? People will routinely mention, like the O.J. Simpson case, you know, those bodies were discovered on a, on a Monday, uh, you know, by Friday. They, they were already issuing an arrest warrant for Simpson, who was supposed to be in. You know, how, what, what is the difference between when they go the grand jury route or they don't go the grand jury route? Well, if they have enough physical evidence that they're willing to charge based upon the police investigation, um, they can do that. Many times the cops have to act quickly to preserve evidence. You know, they wanted to get, I'm sure at that point into um, see what they could get OJ to say, if anything, his cooperation, if anything, um, if there's enough physical evidence, um, you don't have to necessarily do the grand jury. And and finally, uh, Tim Dodd, it, as much as, you know, people uh, may not like it, it's, again, the, the person, the owner of the home doesn't, uh, you know, people don't like to hear that, but they, they doesn't have to say anything. They, they don't have to uh, cooperate. And, and another part of this is what people don't understand is you, you can't, if you could explain, you can't just, like, all right, well, we're going to charge him, and then we're going to try to build a case around it. You, you, you have to – I mean, if anything, the Simpson case served as an example. If they had waited, he wasn't going anywhere. If they had been more patient, Marsha Clark and so forth, if they had ta- taken a little more time, they, they could have you know, really tied a lot of things in together, tied up some loose, loose ends. And then, then when they present their case, they had – they would have presumably had everything nailed down. One of the biggest problems with that case seemed to be they just they moved far too quickly. Well, they moved far too quickly. And, you know, because OJ had lots of money to yeah. do a real deep dive in um, analyzing the police work, with all due respect to the LAPD, there was some sloppy right. police work. There was some yeah. sloppy collection of the blood evidence. Um mm. Um, preservation of evidence, the glove. I mean, many, many things in that case. Right. For the garden variety type of case would have been fine. But when you've got a team with money and experience who are going to drill down on every little tidbit, um, they were able to produce a lot of things to show that LAPD uh, messed the case up. Now, right. Should the jury have been convinced by the DNA material that was produced in those experts? I mean, if the jury got it, and I don't mean any disrespect to the jury, but this DNA stuff can get very dense and convoluted sure. and hard to understand. But yeah. forget the glove, forget all the other little inconsistencies. You know, the DNA evidence should have mm. um, resulted in a conviction, but it didn't. Yeah. Um, so those kind of things happen. You know, if you had a do-over, maybe they would have taken more time. They would have done a more thorough investigation. They wouldn't have raced through it the way they did. But um, I don't think OJ was ever going to get convicted based yeah. upon the jury and the forum that he was in and right. the way the judge Just conducted that trial. Ron Goldman's blood in the Bronco. I mean, that kind of normal. In more, most cases, that would would be enough. A stranger he'd never met just happened to have blood in his car, but in this particular instance, it didn't seem to matter. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. Time means grill time. And for the best grill, get a new grill. Stop in and see my friends. J's Broadway Appliance and TV. J apostrophe S Broadway Appliance and TV located 47 Cedar Swamp Road. That's Route 5 Smithfield. You can call them 401-949-7800. Springtime, summer, this is the best time to grill outside. They have a great selection on grills. They also have a great selection on all appliances. Family-run business since 1963. Remember, you're going to deal directly with the owner. And they will match or beat any package deal when it comes to appliances. Do you need a new refrigerator? How about a new dishwasher? 
washing machine, dryer, oven, microwave, Jay's Broadway Appliance. Look for them online at jsappliance.com. Also on Facebook, springtime, summer is grill time. Stop in and see them. They're open Monday through Friday from 10 to 5. You can make an appointment for more personal Saturday and Sunday appointments. Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV, 401-949-7800. Better yet, drive in and see them, 47 Cedar Swamp Road, Route 5 in Smithfield. We're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dunn. Tim, yesterday, Governor McKee signed into law three new gun bills, uh, one of them especially glaringly. I, I think the U.S. Supreme Court, it's not going to uh, uphold. Didn't matter. Yesterday was all the fanfare and T-shirts and photo op and speeches and so forth. But what do we? Uh, what's your assessment of these three new gun laws? Well, um, I guess politically... Um, it's a winner for the governor and all of the senators and House members who um, supported this. Um, there's certainly a good political um, argument to be made that you're doing something to try to keep the public safe. Um, I know there's going to be, I, well, I believe there's going to be a challenge uh, from Second Amendment advocates challenging this law and challenging its constitutionality. I think their strongest argument, based upon what I know so far, is that um, it really results, it's it's kind of a, not the 18 versus 21. I don't think that's going to be reasonably challenged. What is going to be challenged is the high capacity magazine legislation. So if last week a law-abiding citizen has a weapon with a high-capacity magazine. Um, Last week it was legal. This week it's not legal. And the law gives, I think, owners of such material, I think six months, if I'm not mistaken, to either turn it in, sell it out into a jurisdiction where it's still legal. Um, And if you don't do that within six months, then you could be charged with a felony. That, that doesn't seem quite right to me. It's almost akin to what we learned in school, an ex post facto law, meaning we'll legislate something after the fact to make the prior conduct now illegal. Um, it's also a due process problem because it is a taking. You're taking something that was legal and suddenly looking to confiscate it. You know, it reminds me of um, when Beto O'Rourke was running... Um, for Senate in Texas, he was like, yeah, we're going to come to your house and we're going to take your guns. Well, wow. how are they going to enforce this law? Yeah. If, are they going to come into your home? Are they going to have a, a registry of people who have had this material um, purchased in the past and say, you haven't turned it in yet. Where is it? What are you going to, where is it? You got to give it to us. I, I think that creates a potent challenge to the constitutionality of that particular law. I know that um, some of the senators who were not in favor of the law as put forward were looking for a carve out to grandfather in the um, high capacity uh, magazines of folks who already were in possession of such weapons with such high, high capacity magazines that was knocked down. So now you're a law-abiding citizen. You're supposed to turn it in or sell it out to a different jurisdiction. So if you're a law-abiding person, maybe you'll do it. What do you think the gang members and the criminals are going to do? <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's what that's They're when, not going to be first in line. No, that's when the effectiveness of these laws, yeah. however well-intended, however yeah. good it makes the proponents feel, I'm just not sure it really gets to the root of the societal problem we have with weapons. Um, I I just don't know if these type of laws do the trick. I was reading an article, not to veer too much from this, in the Philippines, apparently it's very easy to buy and hold and possess firearms. Hmm. But these types of school shootings or other mass shootings is basically unheard of because they've got a more conservative cultural sort there's there's a word in the, the native language basically if a person was to 
do such an act, to go shoot up a school or a mall or anything, not only would the shooter be looked at with scorn and he'd be shamed, his entire family would be shamed. Wow. The entire, the, so culturally, they would all look at this the way maybe Americans would have looked at such a thing you know, 50, 75 years ago, sure. to have a sense of moral obligation to the community mm. and embarrassment or, you know, that, that your family has done something terrible. That whole notion seems to have somewhat left this country. So it's the moral ethos in part, which I think yep. dictates what people do with the weapons. Two societies, both loaded with weapons. One, we get this um, series of mass shootings another country with a different moral ethic. Um, they don't have it. Right. And Tim Dodd, not only that, and again, folks, so sweet our legal expert attorney, Tim Dodd, if there was any doubt as to what happened that day in the actions, boy, the, 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 the officer in charge at the scene incident reporter, I mean, they basically laid it out. This thing should have been over in three minutes. Uh, when they would start to go through, you know, the officers that tactically gear, the children did not, the officers had weapons. The children did not. But this is a completely different occasion. This, this seems like, Tim Dodd, this could be monumental as far as civil suits. The, the question I want to ask, though, is are we at the point yet where he could maybe potentially be brought up on charges? Now we found out the door wasn't even locked. Well, it's a high barrier, but yes, I mean, to find that the officer in charge is guilty of criminal negligence mm. is a very high bar. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's dread. A, this was yeah. a dreadful series of oh. bad decisions. I mean, uh, uh, unimaginable series of bad decisions. But to be the Monday morning quarterback and say shoulda, coulda, woulda, um it's easier to do than making a decision in the heat of the moment. But it sounds like the decision maker had officers saying, I'm going in. Why? Well, I think one said my wife's in there. She's texting me or calling me that she's in there and she's bleeding. She's been shot. I'm going in. And they wouldn't let the guy go in. Wow. Uh, there were dads out on the street that they knew something was going on. They wouldn't let him go in. Uh, in terms of your question, will there be, um, monumental civil damages paid in a case like this oh. sure i mean yeah it's got it's got the headlines it's got the sympathy that these are all 11 year old kids plus their teachers um and the series of things that went wrong here um the door situation um the um the school officer not really being in position the cops showing up. The real question will be if they were there armed, ready to go in within three minutes. After these cops were all in the, in the corridors waiting for the order to go in, were there still, um, unfortunately, people being shot and killed or had all the shooting and killing already occurred? I, I'm just not sure of that part of the timeline. It has, in, in my view, been clarified. Not that it makes it any better, but had they gone in after three minutes, how many lives could have been saved? Uh, I'm not quite sure that they've figured that out because they go in in three minutes. Uh, would this guy have still had the opportunity to um, shoot the people that were ultimately shot or had they already been shot? The timeline is still a little bit murky, but it's going to be an extraordinary amount of dollars paid out by all of the potential defendants here in a civil case because the decisions and the result are just so unbelievably tragic. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure it all could have been stopped if they had gone in quicker, more quickly, I should say. But um, it's one of the worst things that you can imagine. And, you know, the guy in charge has not been speaking. No. Like we talked about before. If he's in any jeopardy civilly or criminally, although the parents want answers and the cops want answers, he might be doing the smart thing selfishly for himself to keep his mouth shut right now. Yeah. Folks, uh, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show.
The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care. Urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine. Diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. We're speaking with our legal expert. He is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, this new legislation that Rhode Island is poised to uh, now enact with these, and they phrase it a certain way, but these driving permits for people that are in the country illegally. They may be welcomed as Rhode Islanders. Uh, I have so many different people and one people wondering, how is it possible that people who are not even supposed to be here in the first place are now going to be given some kind of permit to drive legally on our roads? Well, it's it's the result of who people vote for. I mean, yeah. the, the people who have the ability to enact legislation and vote on it. Uh, they've been working on this issue for at least 20 years to try to get this to happen. They claim it's uh, just a driver's license. It can't be used to um, uh, to vote. Well, that remains to be seen. Yeah. Um, there's a number of problems I see with having these things for identification purposes. One of the groups that thinks this is a great um, move forward is that 30,000 illegal people who are here in Rhode Island illegally will now get driver's licenses. Mm. And the talking point is made, well, isn't it a good thing if they have driver's licenses because now they'll pay insurance and we'll have safer roads? Mm. Well, that's a red herring. Yeah, I, I, I do a very significant amount of personal injury work. And I would just suggest to your listeners if you don't have uninsured motorist coverage on your vehicle, you should get it because I've got more and more cases where a person that's minding their own business on the road gets slammed by another vehicle, which wouldn't you know is uninsured. A lot of people are driving around with no insurance. Now, if and when you get caught for driving without insurance, you'll be given a ticket, you'll go to the traffic tribunal, You'll be fined something like 400 bucks. You have the potential of your license being suspended. Um, so this is now going to be uh, going after people for the money for the fines and suspending their license who are here illegally in the first place. What happens as a practical matter with many people, unfortunately, the law says you must have insurance. Okay, so they go get a minimum policy and they get an insurance card. And then they pay the first month's premium, and then they don't pay the next month's premium. The policy is canceled, but if they get in an accident or pulled over, the cop says, show me your insurance card, and they pull it out. Here it is. Right. Because it shows it's good for a year. And many, 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 too many times, um, it's an um, insurance card which is no longer really valid, but the cops have no way to check it. They can't mm. call all state at three in the morning and say, Hey, is this guy's insurance still in place? Right. So it's another situation where it seems to me the, the, the uh, legislature has put the cart before the horse. They should have tightened up the insurance requirements before expanding um, the pool of people who could get licenses in the first place, because you're going to have more people who don't properly have their vehicle covered that's and now right. they're going to be—they're going to have the cover of legality because they're going to have some sort of a driving identification card. Hmm. Folks, again, we're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, what do you make of this new legislation that passed 
basically the same criminalizing if there's a instructor, coach, teacher, so that, that engage in any type of relationship with someone that technically would be a player, a student reports to them. They've, they've now made this a crime. Sometimes in the, um, you know, sometimes certainly in, in sports, there's a, a younger coach who's involved and in Rhode Island, people, you know, may not be aware 16 is age of consent. So if you had a girl or a boy, 16, 17, and they started having some kind of relationship with someone, whatever age, maybe 20, 20, I mean, it's, it's nothing illegal about it. Um, but what, what about this, this new legislation that got passed? Well, again, it's well-intended, right? It feels good. But I'm yeah. not sure this I think there's going to be problems with enforceability to, to yeah. your point, to your point, John, 16 year old girl is having a, re, a relationship with an 18 year old guy or 19 year old guy. Yeah, that's not criminal. Now change the facts. The 19 year old guy is a coach. So now if the the, the young woman suddenly comes and says, well, you know, he's been taking advantage of me or whatever. Um, the same conduct with a guy who's 18 or 19 who's not a coach, now make him a coach or a camp counselor or whatever you want to call it. Suddenly he's got the specter of being charged criminally for the same type of conduct. And what is it about being a coach that's going to enhance? I understand that if you're a coach, you can have a closer relationship. You become an advisor, you know, you're an adult who, you know, presumably the younger people look up to, but I don't, I don't think legislating a special status for coaches is necessarily um, a constitutional way to proceed. Um, this had widespread bipartisan support. Um, the, the, um, the folks in the house who voted against this, um, I think we're on the right side of the issue. Um, it's, mm. it feels good. It's well intended, but the language in the statute and how you would implement or enforce it will be extremely problematic. I'm sure this all came about in part because of the volleyball coaches in East Greenwich, yep. the gymnastics coach in East Providence, and obviously yep. um, the basketball coach in North Kingston. Uh, taking the North Kingston coach, uh, I don't think this legislation as no, drafted was, would affect no, him. No, there was no, there's been no sex alleged there. It nope. may be, I didn't like the way the process went, and that could be argued, but I don't, unless I'm missing something, Tim Dodd, I don't think this applies at all. Now, the East Greenwich situation where you had a male coach who was, um, seemingly communicating a lot and pressuring and going after these female volleyball players. Now that I, I'm still not even convinced that that was a, like a relationship. It would seem more he was being pestering and, and certainly, you know, engaging with them on things that had nothing to do with volleyball. But I have heard of 22 year old substitute teachers in Providence that end up dating a, a junior at the school who's, you know, 16 or 17 years old. And again, people may not like it, but it's under the law. It's all perfectly legal. And, and this legislation is intended. I think the drafters of it say it's intended to close a loophole in the law. Well, I'm not sure if it's a loophole or just to use your example, um, reality. You know, yeah. you could have a 22 year old guy dating a 16 year old girl, 17 year old girl. Um, do I think it's a great idea? I don't think it's a great idea for the 22-year-old guy to be doing what you've described, but right. to make it potentially criminal just because of his status as a teacher versus just you know, a guy working in a bank or something, I, I just don't see that it's going to pass constitutional muster if and when it's challenged, and it should yeah. be challenged. And just finally, though, Tim Todd, I, um, I did get an email from – uh, a teacher at one of the Providence high schools that said, you know, routinely, whether they're freshmen, 14 years old, or they are um, sophomores, 15 years old, sometimes in the middle school, she said, you know, listen, you have a number of young women in Providence, as an example, and, and they're having children, they're getting pregnant, having babies, they're 
you know, as I said, 13, 14, 15, and, and the fathers routinely are 19 years old, 20 years old. Now, none of them ever seem to get arrested for, you know, having sex and impregnating a 14 a year old girl. Well, if it's consensual, right. typically, yeah. typically the, the consensual. Consensual. The 13 yeah. or 14 year old is not going to identify the father because um, if you're looking to get benefits from the state, you can get benefits if you don't identify the dad. And if you don't identify the dad, the state will chase the dad for reimbursement on money the state's paying out for the mm. support of the, the baby. Yep. So many times the, the two people are on the same page saying we're not going to divulge who dad is. Um, this gets to be problematic if and when um, the underage person claims that the adult took advantage of the situation. Yep. And I'm not sure this legislation um, solves that issue. I, I, yeah. I think it's, it's a nice try. I get why they're doing it. I get why it's happening now, but I don't think it does the trick. And, and finally, uh, Tim Dodd, this, this story with the Washington football team um, has, you, you even have, I mean, they've been under investigation now, but they even have, uh, have Congress issuing him, they intend to subpoena him to testify on, on the workplace. Where is this headed? <laughs> yeah, this is this is a very peculiar story. Yeah, I mean, we we this had the situation with. I mean, let's start again. This took down John Gruden, by the way. Right, because they the, were looking through the emails. The, right, exactly. But the NFL or any professional sports organization has rules regarding um, personal conduct. Yep. Of, of the players or the coaches or the um, owners or the managers. Um, you know, we've seen situations where a, a player might assault a man or a woman in a very violent manner, um, whether or not criminal charges result from that interaction, the league can take action to suspend or fine the player. So it's not a situation where, um, like, like, names are escaping me right now, but the uh, quarterback for the Browns. Um, oh, he just, Deshaun Watson. Thank yes. you. He, this settled, he just settled like, 22 of 24. Yes. Now, since he's done that, yeah. he might be thinking, well, I've, I've cleared the deck. I've taken care of all but yeah. two of these cases. Next up. Let me play. The league yeah. says not so fast because right. we have a personal conduct provision or rule that we can still fine you, suspend you uh, separate and apart from whatever the civil justice system might do to you or what the criminal justice system might do to you. So to me, it's always been a bit of a, of a head scratcher. So if you're accused, nothing is proved, the league can go suspend you. Now, this owner of the Washington Commanders apparently recently settled a case involving allegations of sexual harassment. I think he paid out about a million six. Um, the league has done, or not the league, the team did its own investigation and they had their lawyer do the investigation. And shockingly, the lawyer for the team found that, you know, there was nothing improper and that the woman's allegations should be um, doubted, if you will. Um, that was found to be an improper investigation. Apparently yeah. there's been a lot of shenanigans with sexual harassment within this organization. So the league, I guess, can do what it wants because it's not the government and it has its own rules for personal conduct. I've just always been a little uncomfortable, not that I, in favor of any of the antics that some of these players are alleged to have been involved in, but how the league can take action while it's still just allegations and nothing has been proved. It's um, disturbing. So to get back to your question, however, the, now Congress wants to bring in the owner to answer questions. Well, I'm not sure Congress is the right forum for this. Yeah. I mean, there's other places this can be done. But um, surprisingly, the um, 
the committee chair who wants to bring this guy in to answer questions under oath has put forth legislation. One piece is called the Accountability for Workplace Misconduct Act, and the other piece is the Images Protection Act. So it's a committee that's, again, putting forth legislation for, I'm sure, what they think are legitimate purposes in today's day and age. It feels good. They're trying to accomplish a specific purpose. And by the way, it's also an election year. But um, I think that this owner will be able to fight any subpoena to be forced to come in. Um, Might he be having to be forced to plead the Fifth Amendment? I'm not sure what he would be forced to do. But this doesn't seem to me the appropriate forum um, to force him to answer questions regarding a situation which either the league is already all set with and or his accuser is already all set with because the case has been settled. I'm not sure it's where Congress should be sticking its nose in. Folks, he is our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, great job as always, and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. Brothers Disposal. Call them today, 401-688-0517. Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway. You can clean out unwanted belongings. Maybe clean out your garage. Clean out your basement. Clean out your attic. Old toys. Old things you don't even use anymore. Old furniture. It's so much easier when you have a dumpster delivered right to your home, and then they'll take it away when you're done, whether it's for a weekend, for a week, for a month, Brother's Disposal. Call Brother Roland today at 401-688-0517. 401-688-0517. Come on, brother. Call Brother's Disposal. Look for them on Facebook. They have those purple dumpsters. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brother's Disposal today, whether it's a small household construction project or maybe just cleaning out some unwanted belongings. Get a dumpster in your driveway or business. Brother's Disposal, 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven. Portion of the program brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Check them out on the website depetro.com. The Coesed Inn, a Rhode Island tradition since 1977, located 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers, there's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Thing to the John DePietro show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, depietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website depetro.com to check out our website depetro.com depetro.com which is sponsored by and brought to you by the Senadale revival comfort food and cocktails located 2025 smith street in north providence shane and his crew what a wonderful job they've done winner of several rhode island best of awards best of rhode island awards the Senadale revival delicious food cocktails a lot of fun stop it and see them 2025 Smith Street in North Providence.